0: because it will be part of the solution. We know that. So this brings us to the first message, which is do Canadians know that? Do Canadians understand that electricity is part of the solution to climate change? So having that social buy-in is a really important part of our job at Electricity Canada.
1: Welcome to The Flux Capacitor, a podcast about the future of electricity. I'm Francis Bradley of Electricity Canada. This is episode 054, number 54 of The Flux Capacitor. When I launched this podcast, I wanted to share with the listener the types of conversations that were already taking place within the electricity sector about the future of the business of electricity and what the future transformations will mean for electricity companies, regulators, society, and customers. These were the sorts of conversations I was often having at the margins of meetings and conferences, with industry leaders, stakeholders, government representatives, regulators, and industry partners. I wanted the listener to hear what we've been discussing over coffee, during a taxi ride, over dinner, or stuck in an airport departure lounge. Once again, this podcast was not recorded face-to-face, but using Zoom. On to today's podcast and today's guest.
0: Julia Mugridge, Vice President of Communications and Marketing at Electricity Canada.
1: Join me for a conversation about the challenges of communicating about electricity and electricity issues. You may have noticed at the top of the podcast, I said I'm with Electricity Canada, not the Canadian Electricity Association. Julia and I will talk about this name change and what it means for the association, what it says about change and the future of the electricity sector, and some of the details of design and seeking to visually stand out. She also shares some observations about future communications priorities, drawing upon recent opinion polling and focus groups. And we end the podcast with Julia's recommendation for an addition to the Flux Capacitor Book Club. Here is my conversation with Julia, recorded late February 2022. Julia, welcome to the podcast. Let's uh, let's get into communications.
0: Thank you so much for having me today. I have listened and enjoyed uh, dozens of episodes now, so I'm happy to be a, a formal guest on the Flux Capacitor.
1: All right. Well, l- let's start off uh, by, I-, I know we're, we're, we're going to talk about that, the name change uh, and talk about Electricity Canada. But before that, I, I thought we'd start uh, by talking a little bit about The challenges of communicating uh, and talking about electricity, it's, you know, it's one of those it's one of those funny, funny things. Uh, And the challenge um, is uh, it's it's, you know, when you when you think about the five senses uh, and uh, and any other product or service, um, one of or many of those senses come into play. Uh, But, you know, with electricity, like you don't see it. Uh, you don't smell it. If you touch it, it's deadly. Uh, you don't taste it. Uh, you don't hear it. Or if you do hear something related to electricity, it's usually not good news, like a you know a, a transformer popping. But the other side of it, though, is is what it delivers to the customer. And I think that's the hard thing. How do you communicate that side of it? And that brings in all, all of the senses, right? You know, light, heat, uh, cooling, um, uh, cooking, entertainment, communications, and increasingly, transportation. But how do, you, how do you sort of get around that gap when talking about electricity and the switch on the wall? How do you get into a conversation about the value with, uh, with, uh, with people when it is invisible?
0: you've you've set me up really good here uh, for (laughs) for for a quote that i want to uh note from one of my colleagues michael powell who says electricity is magic Uh and we'll get into this more when we talk about the rebrand and the name change um but i i think that that's part of the the problem with communicating electricity is is what is it Mm -hmm. and why is it valuable and essentially people don't care about electricity until their lights go off and that's right. what our members say like we can communicate all of the good things that our sector is doing the sustainability achievements that we've moved towards uh, the voice that we have at the at the federal government level in terms of our commitment to a net zero by 2050 future mm-hmm. But Canadian customers really just want their lights to stay on. This is an essential service, and it's a really cheap essential service. I think we, we've we talked about numbers like 350 a day uh, per the average Canadian customer. Right. So the challenge is finding and, and engaging Canadians in a way that they'll care about electricity. So there's lots and lots of messages that we have explored in the last year to really ensure that Canadians begin to care about electricity and and understand why it is key to a net zero future and why we need electricity if if we're going to look to uh, decarbonize the Canadian economy so um
1: so so why well I guess I guess you you touched on on a little bit of that but I, I think probably the one of the other aspects of this is like why should, why should we wonder and be concerned that customers either care or don't care about about electricity? Is it you know, as you say, the, the, the net future the, the net zero futures it's going to be you know, driven principally by decarbonization, electrification. Is it that important that the customer actually thinks about electricity? the public thinks about electricity?
0: I would say yes and this is this is one of the messages that we have to communicate over the next couple of years Mm -hmm. because as we look to decarbonize the canadian economy um we are we're no longer looking at electricity as being a a cheap and reliable essential good we are looking at the build up and build out of of much generation capacity we need to double or triple and I know you've had people on the podcast that have said this as well—double mm-hmm. or triple the the amount of electricity in the by 2050. Yep. Um, and this no longer just means uh, uh, like for like pole replacement projects. I used right. to work at mm-hmm. Toronto Hydro, and I was part of the rate application process. One of my jobs on the team was to communicate to customers the value of improving and upgrading infrastructure. Mm -hmm. We are no longer replacing wooden poles with wooden poles. We're replacing wooden poles that have been tested for a changing climate all of the climate Mm -hmm. change mitigation efforts, in addition to, um, you know, just the regular need to upgrade infrastructure that was installed 30 and 40 and 50 years ago is adding to the cost of these goods. So that coupled with, The need to increase the generation to accommodate the electrification of transportation, Mm -hmm. uh, industrial and manufacturing processes means means that the customer is going to take the hit at some point. And this is what we're really uh, paying attention to and part of uh, part of why we're focused on communicating with Canadian customers, because we need them to understand uh, inflation is not just going to affect bacon. And, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. not just going to affect condiments, it's going to affect electricity because it will be part of the solution. We mm-hmm. know that. But that, that comes, uh, so this brings us to the first message, which is, do Canadians know that? Do, that? do Canadians understand that electricity is part of the solution to climate change? So having right. that social buy-in is a really important part of our job at Electricity Canada.
1: Yeah. Hey, listen, let's take a quick detour because you mentioned Toronto Hydro. Okay. Um, and I've been asking people on the podcast about their journey. Uh, mm-hmm. and so why don't you tell the listener a little bit about your journey? Um, you know, again, I, I make the joke that, you know, when, as a, a kid on the playground, uh, did you always dream that you'd be, uh, you know, working at electricity, Canada as vice president of communications, what was, what was your journey from there to here?
0: Uh, So, yes, I, I finished my, my, uh, undergrad and master's degree in communications. So I'm in the right field for, for what I studied. I've, I've also heard people joining on the podcast that have been engineers (laughs) and they've pivoted (laughs) totally. I studied communications and, and politics in school. Um, I got a job at environment Canada right out of university, Mm -hmm. um, wasn't for me, so I switched to Toronto Hydro, um, and I really loved working in the energy sector. I saw the value. I wasn't just uh, I was I was walking the talk, mm-hmm. not just talking the talk on a day to day basis. I, as I met with Toronto Hydro customers, to talk about the need to upgrade this critical infrastructure. and That's really when I began to see the importance of ensuring that these capital projects are approved by the by the regulator, and that they that they you know, essentially go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, then I, I pivoted from there and went and worked on Parliament Hill for a while. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then I've, I've, you know, I've, I've ended up here at, at the Canadian Electricity Association, now Electricity Canada. And yeah, this is this is but, really
1: But, but hang on, I didn't hire when I hired you. I didn't hire you off of Parliament Hill, you were you were running uh, an agency at the time.
0: Indeed, yet. Yeah. So I had a, a an agency, OBS and Mug, Mug for Mugridge. And uh, and it was a design agency. So really, when I when I interviewed for this job uh, with you, Francis, three and a half years ago, I I explained that this was really the culmination of my energy sector uh, experience, as well as my political experience. And and then, of course, my love of design and and branding that I had that I'd picked up uh, somewhere between Toronto and Ottawa. So it's it's really become the perfect gig. And uh, I'm very happy to be here.
1: Yeah, and it all kind of comes together, right? The advocacy, work, communications, the government relations—they're all—they're all so intertwined, you know. Yes. When you're talking about uh, communications and messaging, and and uh, the need for for people to to understand the value of electricity. It crosses over uh, inevitably into into the policy domain, doesn't it? I mean, it's 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 all about then what kind of policy decisions that we want to see get um, uh, get made or or, or get addressed um, to to be able to achieve uh, the the objectives that that, uh, that we see.
0: I couldn't have put it better myself, but it it really has been those. Uh, those jobs on Parliament Hill and and working for a design agency and at Toronto Hydro have really just allowed me to work to understand people. What mm-hmm. do people want to hear? How do people understand um, and and how how can we best communicate uh, the messages that we think are important that they may not think are important? How do we engage? How do we capture the attention of, of Canadians? And so that has been part of all, all of my previous experiences, whether it's convincing like the BIA on Bloor Street that the Handwell construction is not going to be in their way or, or, <laughs> yeah. or uh, redesigning incubators, which was something that I did as part of the, de- of the design agency. So just sorry, communications. Re-
1: sorry, redesigning incubators? Oh.
0: So yes, like Velocity at the University of Waterloo was one of our biggest clients. Velocity is an incubator that supports startup, uh, oh, startup okay. technology. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So it's it's all all of these different jobs have led me here to really trying to understand how to best communicate with the Canadian customer and uh, and then certainly our work over the last couple of months has has furthered my interest in this and and trying to understand and recognizing that we are all very unique people interpret messaging mm-hmm. very very differently and electricity surprisingly is is a as, as we started this discussion with like a very uh, complicated uh, challenge to communicate because it's, it's magical and uh, it's, it's not appreciated until it's not working anymore. So.
1: Yes, described uh, uh, as by some as magical. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've also described it when, when I was uh, you know, working with our, our security committee and, and uh, our occupational health and safety committee as lightning that has, mm-hmm. has been captured and tamed yeah. in some instances, <laughs> but not always. Um, but let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Talk about branding because we've changed the, the, the name of the organization, um, we've changed the look of the organization. So lots of changes uh, taking place. And you've been uh, kind of our our internal brand champion and brand ambassador. You've been leading the charge on this. Why don't you, why don't you t- tell the listener a little bit about why this change and, and, uh, and why we've suddenly become uh, Electricity Canada?
0: I, and I've, I've said to... Folks, during this process, that this is not a vanity project. I came mm-hmm. from a branding background, but when I started at CEA, uh, I I looked at the website, I looked at the overall branding, and upon reflection, thought, okay, they won't need that set of skills that I that I have in my back pocket. They won't need them here. The brand is fine; it's professional, which is what we need to be as a trade association. It uh, it does the work i i mean even the subtle blues and greens we represent uh, a very clean industry the branding was fine Mm -hmm. um but as we've taken a look at our strategic plan and and we've been given this this mandate to to really be the a a leader as we work towards a decarbonized future that's when we said is is the brand stacking up is Mm -hmm. it is it setting us apart to be a leader in this space. And so right away, as soon as we, as soon as I asked myself that question, and Francis, you were probably on the same page. I think both of us said, I think we can do more, but we wanted to back this up. So yep. we engaged, uh, probably 20 stakeholders in a conversation about our brand. And we didn't say, you know, do you like the blue? Do you like the green? We said, are we doing what we need to do as a trade association that is communicating a very important message that is central to, you know, the climate change Uh, conversation. And that's where we really wanted to ensure that we were sitting. Mm -hmm. And the answer we heard from those conversations was no, we are we are not where we need to be. We need to be more courageous. We need to be more central to this conversation. So Upon reflection uh, and, and hearing from our stakeholders, which included some very well-respected uh, energy folks, uh, board of director members, and members of our public advisory panel, which are really you know, leading edge electrification champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to make sure we were reflecting these views and we decided to undergo this this, this rebrand.
1: Yeah, and I recall a, a fairly early conversation you and I had uh, about this. I think you kind of approached it with some trepidation, seeing as how the, the current branding um, that we had was something that, that I'd, uh, I'd worked on and pushed through. Um, and uh, my, uh, I think my comment to you at the time was, I think our branding is perfect. I think it, uh-huh. it hits the mark for today, uh-huh. but it isn't necessarily the brand for the future. Um, uh, uh, because the industry is going to be changing so much from today to 2050. And and I, I, you know, and that was part of part of, I know the conversations that you were having with people as well is, is, is not, um, you know, what's the, what's the right brand for the association? What's the right brand for the sector? What are the image that we want to put forward, not for 2022, but for the world of 2050, which is, going to be so very different um uh and and um yeah and it's kind of brought us uh, to where we are today it's it's interesting that 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 you did have that branding background and it wasn't something that you you, you thought you'd uh, have to do and you wound up actually uh spending a fair amount of time in the past eight ten months on this
0: yeah, yeah. And and it was it was conversations like the one that that we had. Yeah. Um, you know, like we were we were aspirational and inspirational back in 2010. Yeah. Uh, leading uh, a leading edge association. If you if you look at our website from yesterday, February 28th, um, you 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 can take a look and see that we are already looking to the future. Um mm-hmm. However, we knew that we were were still operating in a very safe space uh, for the energy sector. And that's not where we need to be because what we're hearing in our conversations with CEOs in the energy sector, we need to do essentially everything. (laughs) Everything in our power is required. Every innovation needs to be explored in order to achieve the target set by, by the Canadian government. So we Mm -hmm. can't be safe, we can't blend in. We have to take a loud and proud uh, message about electricity to the federal government and across Canada. So Mm -hmm. I believe this new brand will really broaden that message and broaden the reach. It will allow us to attract more youth and really diversify our industry because we're a huge industry. We employ 90,000 people in Canada plus Mm -hmm. and we need to make sure we're attracting the best and the brightest to achieve some of these goals
1: because the challenges are so enormous yeah
0: they're enormous and 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 I guess you know we, we we asked ourselves this question almost a year ago you know can the Canadian Electricity Association achieve uh what we're looking to accomplish and and I think I think you know the collective we said no, we need to be bigger and broader and stronger and and more courageous, and that's really how how this brand started to come about. So,
1: yeah, yeah, and and you know that 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 challenge and getting a sense of what that challenge is, I think I think on a day to day basis, most people don't appreciate how big um, a, a, a net zero world twenty fifty uh, is going to be. I saw a, a presentation yesterday actually that was given to, uh, to a, a group of us, um, and it was somebody uh, from Scandinavia. And it was a comparison of, of how much of the energy being consumed in, uh, in a number of different countries uh, is actually from uh, renewable uh, energy. And, you yeah. know, I always thought that Canada must be fairly high on that list because, you know, we have massive hydro resources. And in the end, though, because uh, our energy use um, of non, you know, non-renewable uh, uh, um, uh, is so high in things like transportation and industrial processes and uh, heating, ventilation, air conditioning, that you know, while, uh, while Iceland is like at eighty-two percent, and uh, and Norway, you know, fifty percent, Canada is sits it at less than twenty percent. Uh, because so much of our non-everyday electric uh, use is uh, is is not electrified, our transportation, our, our HVAC, our industrial processes, and so on, uh, so that like the mountain that we're going to to be climbing between now and twenty fifty is 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 really really quite uh, uh, quite daunting. Uh, uh-huh. Hence the number that you know you 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 pointed to that. People previously on the podcast have talked about that we're going to have to double or triple uh, our uh, electricity, clean electricity uh, by 2050, and that means, as you said, all of the above. Everything needs to be on the table. It's going to be grid scale. It's it's going to be distributed energy resources. It'll be at the community level, uh, uh-huh. and the only way we can do that is to is to have all hands on deck and attract the best and the brightest. Uh-huh. And so you. You, this brand you think talks to that it talks to uh it talks to the next generation and it talks to innovation
0: definitely um you know one of the things we explored and this is this was you know one of the first conversations was just the word association and what does it mean so obviously our name hasn't changed
1: because we've dropped that word
0: we've dropped the word so yeah. our name hasn't changed very much we're the Canadian Electricity Association yesterday and today we're Electricity Canada and what and really uh this just allows us to attract uh, attract you know the uh, a more diverse group a, a younger audience because as uh, the word association does have a stigma to it um oh. you know there's there's this perception of of accountability on Parliament Hill and and lobbying and certainly we want to ensure that we're ahead of that conversation mm-hmm. um, we are more than just lobbyists right we are a trade association we don't just advocate we also think about these things and yeah. we are we're developing a, a new course right now we are educating so we are more than lobbyists mm-hmm. uh, obviously as a trade association we have a function to play in this field but by dropping association this was this was very difficult deliberate because we think that there are other aspects of electricity Canada that will help us achieve what we want to achieve uh, by the year 2035. And again, and then, and then further on to 2050.
1: Mm -hmm. So association was a a big change uh, dropping Mm -hmm. that. What were, what were some of the other uh, considerations uh, and and some of the other uh, changes that are implied by by just going to uh, Electricity Canada.
0: Can I can I just chat about the icon for a moment? It's, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. so no one can no one can see us right now.
1: Uh, but all they have to do is go onto oh go onto the onto the website
0: electricity.ca. There's electricity.ca. our new icon. Yep. It's pink. Um, This was, again, a very... Wait a second, it's
1: not not blues and greens. It's all blues and greens, right?
0: No? Okay, so it's not yellow, which is commonly associated with light and electricity. If you look up the electricity icons, they're all yellow light bulbs. It's not red, which really pulls us away from that Canadian-focused trade association Uh, point of view and it's not blue and green, which again is a very obvious choice for for a sector that is as clean as ours. We first started exploring pink when we started talking to the government about our net zero future Uh, over a year ago Mm -hmm. and and when I was working with designers at the time we said wait a second electricity again is is magical it's it's colorless it could be anything so we looked at downtown Ottawa what what does this bubble look like we looked at advertisements and and how do we really distinguish ourselves and we said electricity doesn't have to have a color so let's make it Let's make ourselves stand out by ensuring that we are not blue, green, red or yellow, oh, okay. uh, but instead a, a very vibrant pink. So um, hmm. very exciting to say that the new icon is is uh, almost a fluorescent pink uh, paired with a nice navy. Um, and the icon itself is uh, just a a, a bunch of lines mixed together. And people see different things with this icon. Like I've heard electrical burners, I've heard transmission lines, but really it's meant to show two two things, uh, connectivity and openness. Because again, as Francis, we've discussed, this is going to take everything and everyone to achieve these goals. So we really wanted an icon that spoke to that, that was open and showed our willingness as a sector to work with the government and to work with other sectors and achieving our targets and then connectivity I mean we are a trade association representing representing 10 provinces and three territories but we are all connected uh, we are we, we, you know we've got transmission lines going across Canada we've got transmission lines going into the United States and all of these things are important again to achieve that net zero future we need to move the renewables uh, into spaces that are non-renewable and and uh, like showing those transmission lines in our icon is is one of the ways that we're doing that. So I think it's a, a really neat piece and one that we can certainly use. Uh, hopefully for the next couple of decades.
1: All right. Well, that little section was for the design geeks out there. Um, <laughs> there's, there's also but there's also a new tagline, right? Yes.
0: Yes. There's a there's a new tagline, uh, and and this was a fun conversation to have. And as soon as we saw this tagline, we knew that this was this was it. And it's our energy future. And really, it's, it's just the truth. Uh, Electricity will be our energy future. We know that we know Mm -hmm. as we uh, shift away from fossil fuels, uh, in the next couple of decades, uh, electricity, clean electricity will be what powers uh, the next generation and generations to come. So it's, just an honest, truthful tagline uh, that's inspirational and positive, which is something we all need right now and uh, one we can all stand behind. So I'm really looking forward to incorporating our energy future into our various products and through your speeches and, and, other, and uh, other products at Electricity Canada.
1: We talked earlier about the challenges of uh, communicating about electricity. Um, so So what's next? In terms of communication, what are the what are the sorts of things that uh, you've been seeing um, and you've been hearing? I know you've been doing some work um, uh, uh, in this space. Um, what's the what's the, the, the sort of the next priorities and, and the next steps in terms of communications?
0: Yeah, so I, I've spoken already about the challenge of communicating the possibility of increased electricity prices to Canadians. Mm. So I see that almost as a phase two. What we're working on right now, phase one, is just introducing Canadians to the idea that electricity is connected to climate change. So we, we started this conversation again over a year ago with the government and we, we asked a very simple question. We had a few ads splashed across Ottawa that said, net zero by 2050, not without electricity. Very, very simple. And we thought, do we take these ads further? Do we start communicating this message uh, beyond, again, uh, that that more Ottawa bubble Mm -hmm. um, and and take it to city centers across Canada? what we realized is Canadians aren't really familiar with a net zero by 2050 future. If, if you're not part of this energy sector space and, and this conversation, uh, net zero by 2050 is, is really like a big question mark. Mm, so okay. we, we simplified the message. We said, okay, we just need to we just need to tell Canadians that electricity and climate change are connected, and that el- electricity is part of the solution. So we ran a series of of message testing. Um, polls in the summer and introduced phrases like greening the grid to Canadian customers. Do any of these, uh, resonate with, with Canadians? Do they care that our member companies are innovating left, right, and center? And again, what, what we heard was, was not really like, if it doesn't affect them personally,
1: Mm.
0: then do they really care?
1: Okay.
0: So it's, it's been an interesting process trying to understand how we just make this very, very simple connection. um, and one thing that has really stood out is is how uh, electric vehicles have almost they've saved us because electric vehicles are very uh, attractive. Um, they've done the the companies that are selling electric vehicles have have done a lot of the work for us in in terms of educating Canadians electric vehicle equals, uh, I'm doing my part to help the planet. So there okay. is a, okay. a so really the conversation
1: good... is already well engaged as a result of that.
0: Absolutely. Like yeah. we, uh, but then of course the problem is no one can afford electric vehicles. There's an affordability issue. So mm. just creating these messages. And we, we actually do have a campaign. It's going to start in the next couple of weeks. And it, it is the simplest message um, from over a year ago when I thought we would be explaining what net zero by 2050 means and how electricity is going to play a role in that. The ad campaign that we're starting to run in the next couple of weeks is, is quite simply, electricity in Canada is some of the cleanest in the world, and we are working to make it cleaner. Mm -hmm. And we have images that we've incorporated of families enjoying the use of electricity. And the focus groups that we talked to uh, across Canada in December, this is what we heard. We want to hear how electricity will help the next generation. And it really lines up nicely with our new tagline, which is our energy future. So uh, like, I did not think that this would turn into what it turned into in terms of the polling and, and the focus groups, but here we are uh, with the most basic message electricity mm. is clean. We're working together to make it cleaner. And, and from there, we'll, we'll explore the second message, which is much more difficult to communicate, which is if you want electricity to play its part in the fight against climate change, that's when we might, uh, see the price go up and you know rates be affected. Our members are already starting to see this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a conversation I had with some of our member companies recently, they're already starting to communicate the effects of rate increases to their mem- to their members. Right. Uh, so we want to help them get ahead of that and but but we really need to start from ground zero, which is here's why. Here's yeah. why the price is going to go up.
1: Right. And then, and then as, as some folks uh, that have been on the podcast previously, I think I'm thinking of Kara uh, Claremont from uh, Plug and Drive, uh, she would point out that, that while the cents per kilowatt hour that people will be paying uh, may go up, that doesn't mean the entire energy um, uh, bill uh, is going to go up because transportation, the actual cost of energy use transportation when going electric as opposed to gas is significantly less expensive, but that's a, that's a pretty nuanced message to try and get through to people. You're, you're going to be paying more for kilowatt hours, but you won't be spending all that money on gas. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it is, it is even, even uh, yeah, even more, uh, uh, even more nuanced. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I should say uh, in that case, uh, listen, um one of the things, Julia, that I ask folks that come on the podcast, I always end with this, <laughs> is, is about a book uh, and a book that folks would recommend uh, that we add to our Flux Capacitor book club. You're very familiar with this because you uh, uh, oversaw the design of the Flux Capacitor <laughs> website. Um, so what book would you recommend that we add to uh, to the Flux Capacitor book club?
0: Well, the book I'm reading right now is by Marie Heinen, and it's called Nothing But the Truth. And if you'll recall, she became prominent in Canada uh, when she defended Jian Gameshi. But the reason I'm reading the book and why I really like her is because she has um, really created a, uh, she has found a niche in a male-dominated industry. And I, I think her story is neat, and of course she's a controversial figure, so mm. that's always nice to read about. But uh, we hear this uh, on a daily basis when we're talking to our members that this is a it's a male dominated industry. Uh, the energy sector, and so it's really interesting to hear how Marie Heinen has has found this uh, niche in in law, uh, in in a male dominated industry, and and i I find that I'm able to relate that back to conversations that I'm having with members. So it's a good read, it's an easy read, and I love a good memoir. So um, I'm working through that, and I'm also reading Charlotte's Web to my kids. Well, so. yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course it'd be books to the kids but so for, for the for the flux capacitor book club marie heinen nothing but the truth. nothing
0: but the truth yes
1: yeah awesome thanks yeah. for the thanks for the addition to the book club and you're welcome julia thanks for taking the time to 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 put a pause in all of the work that you've been doing uh in terms of getting the new brand out uh electricity canada and thanks for coming on the podcast
0: thank you for having me it's been a pleasure
1: Thanks for joining me for this episode of The Flux Capacitor. The website of this podcast can be found at thefluxcapacitor.ca. And while you're there, check out the Book Club page, which provides info and links to the books which have been recommended by guests on The Flux Capacitor. Please tune in next week for a special episode of The Flux Capacitor when I pass the microphone to a guest host from the team here and a conversation she has with one of our members to mark International Women's Day. And let's continue the electricity conversation on our Facebook page, on Twitter, and at electricity.ca.